Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello there, and welcome to the first Transformation for Success radio show in 2020. First of all, I want to wish all of you a fantastic new year. And I really want to thank you for a fantastic year with greater vision, new innovation, ideas, and greater blessings. And thanks to all of you for listening to the transformational shows in 2019. We had a record-breaking year of great guests and remarkable interviews. And I want to thank also my wonderful radio engineer, Aaron, who makes my job so easy every week, and to the Voice America staff and president. So, are you ready to go to the next level in your life? You want to learn more about career development, leadership, emotional intelligence, team effectiveness, and personal branding? Well, you're going to hear from a woman who is author of the best-selling Bible for women, Nice Girls Don't Get the Counter Office. Well, my guest on the the day's show is the renowned Dr. Lois Frankel. So, I want to welcome Dr. Frankel to my show, Transformation for Success, today. Hello, Dr. Frankel. Yes. Hello, Dr. Young, and Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year to you. And I want to share with my listeners that you are the renowned president of Corporate Coaching International, a New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestselling author, executive coach, and an international sought-after keynote speaker. You're one of America's premier coaches, and so I'm asking all my listeners to stay tuned because this is going to be a fantastic show. Dr. Frankel is here to share her transformational journey and how it has taken her to where she is today. She's appeared on Larry King Live, the Travis Smiley Show, the Today Show, and 2020 to share her books. So stay tuned. For today's show, and if you have questions or comments and you're listening live, you can call in the show at 1-888-841-9161. And our radio announcer will give you that so you can get that number. You can download the syndicated show later and share with your colleagues and friends and listen on your speaker devices, iTunes, Roker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Google Voice. And I want you to check out my online radio television show on voiceamericatv.com because we have a lineup of new shows coming in 2020 for your viewing pleasure. And you can see Dr. B in action with her guests. Now, to my guest today, Dr. Frankel, I am so decided, excited to chat with you, and we've got much to talk about. So, look, you know, you're known for your nice girl books, and I want to know something about this. How did your journey start? Take me there. <laughs> Thanks for that question. <laughs> Thanks for that very nice introduction. Um, it, it, my journey started as a nice girl. <laughs> you know, okay. I, I always say I only write about what I know, <laughs> and um, and that I'm a recovering nice girl, actually. Okay. I don't think you ever quite recover from it. But, you know, <laughs> I, I started off um, as a middle child, the only daughter of uh, very working class parents in uh-huh. New York. 
Um, you know, I, and I say that because I think a lot of times people look at me and make some assumptions that, um, you know, first of all, I'm Caucasian, I have a PhD, I live a very nice life, and I think people make assumptions that, oh, that all came to me easily, and it actually didn't. I had a father who said when I was ready to go to college that I didn't need a college degree because I was only going to get married and have children anyway, and what a waste it would be. And fortunately for me, I had an enlightened mother who was a nurse, and she said, if I have to pay for it, have my own nursing you know, salary, I'm going to do that, and she did. And wow. so I am forever grateful for that, and I share that with people because I want them to understand that empowerment comes from within. You know that. Um, yes. And yes. I know that, and I think everyone else needs to know that, that it doesn't get handed to us, that we take the cards that were dealt and we make a, we make a winning hand out of them. Yes. yes and, because choice um, is up to us. Know, from mm-hmm. there, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was saying because I agree, because choi- the choice is really up to us as to, you know, how we're going to make our way through life, really. Truly it is. So I have you know, a quick it, question. <laughs> yeah. When you talk about nice girl, and I know you're probably going to get to this, but what does it mean, nice girl, and you are recovering nice girl, but what is a nice girl? You know, a nice girl is someone who acts according to the rules and the messages and the requirements she heard in childhood. And we all get those messages. And sometimes we get the right messages from our parents, like you can be anything you want. But, you know, throughout childhood, we also get other messages that come from teachers, that come from the media, that come from um, our peers. And so when we act like the nice little girl we were taught to be or expected to be in childhood, that's what a nice girl is, that I am certainly not saying you can't be nice and successful because, in fact, you have to be nice to be successful, but you can't only be nice and be successful. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Um, But one of the things, what if the messages that you're getting um, that are saying you're not nice, the messages you're getting that you're less than, how then does that translate to me being a nice girl? Yeah. um, Let me just give you an example. I had a mom come up to me after a keynote recently, and she said that she has... um, I think it was a preschooler. It was either four or five years old. And every day she sends the preschooler off to um, school with a fist bump that says, be smart, be kind, be healthy. Okay, what a great message, right? Right. A little girl comes home from school one day and her, her lunchbox still has her lunch in it. And the mother says, you know, um, didn't you like what I made you for lunch, honey? And she said, it's not that, mommy. It's that I'm getting fat. Now... Those are the kinds of messages that are going to, and obviously she didn't hear it from a parent, right? Um, But those are the kinds of messages that are going to impact our self-esteem later on. Or there was the man who told me he's a a scientist, actually a very brilliant scientist, and he's got a daughter. And at um, dinner every night, he, he quizzes her, gives her like little tests of things she has to figure out. And one of them was, you know, if if Sally does this and Bobby does this, which one is going to come out best? And she said, Bobby. And he said, and why do you say that? And she said, because, Bob, because boys always wind up best. Now, Again, how does a little girl who has a dad who takes this kind of interest in her 
come up with that kind of concept. And, and again, when you fast forward to the present, it means in the present I'm always more worried about maybe how I look than what I know. It forwards into men are always going to know more than me. It, it translates into what I have to say isn't as important as what a man might say. It's going to translate into I don't have the right to do X, Y, Z. So those messages from childhood stick with us. You know, in my very first book, um, Stop Sabotaging Your Career, I talked about the fact, and this one was for men and women, because it was based on my coaching experiences with men and women back then. And in that book, I talked about the fact that whatever message you got in childhood is about what you needed to do to get love, attention, affection, approval from your parents is going to forge the foundation of your greatest strengths. Okay. The problem is you are going to over-rely on that unless you build complementary behaviors. And I've seen that happen over and over and over again, whether it's education, whether it's being kind, whether it's being respectful, uh, whether it's being smart. If you over-rely on any message, it's not going to be enough for success. Right. Now, do you feel, uh, too, Dr. Lois, that many of the thought today uh, that you may find, and maybe you've discovered that this, that if someone is nice, does it mean they have to transform themselves, or have they, into someone that's not nice? Or they, they take it to mean that if, if I'm nice, I seem to be a pushover and weak, and oftentimes I'm bullied because of it. You know, that's a great question, and I'm glad you asked it, because so many women say to me, they don't read my books because they have, they have the nice girl in the title, mm-hmm. and they think that that's exactly what I'm saying. Well, what I, it's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm mm-hmm. saying is you can't be the nice little girl you were taught to be in childhood or that people expected of you somehow and expect to achieve your adult goals. I liken it to baking bread. I love to bake bread. Okay. Now, in order to bake bread, I have to have certain things in my house all the time. There's just there's certain basic ingredients. There's like five or six ingredients that you have in your house, and then that forms the foundation of the bread. Well, nice forms the foundation of your success. But then, if I want to make a special bread, right? If I want it to be really great, I need to add other things, and. Those other things that women need to add to their skill sets are the behaviors that they think will make them not nice. So let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. Now, and in this new book, Nice Girls Don't Speak Up or Stand Out, I talk about the fact that women have the unique challenge of having to tell people to go to hell in a way that makes them look forward to the trip. Right? Mm -hmm. And so you can't just rely on being nice. You have to add new skills to your set. You need more ingredients for for that bread or for that cake. And those ingredients include being nice and balancing it with knowing how to be direct and straightforward, how to give your message, how to communicate your message. Um, cogently and concisely how to handle it when people disagree with you. How do you not just back off? How do you handle it when people insult you or steal your message? So those are all tools that women need in their toolkit to balance this niceness. Because if you're only nice, you're going to be a pushover. If you're only assertive, you're going to get called a bitch. 
And so you really need to find that place in between where you have all those tools that are going to help you get through any communication situation or any work situation for that matter. I, I, did I answer that question, Dr. Barbara? Well, yes, you did. And, you know, one of the things that um, as I was thinking about all the work that you've done, and I want to applaud you for that and being able to put a book out that says, nice girls don't speak out. Because when I first saw that, I went, nice girls? Because really, um, when people think of uh, me, would they say Dr. Young is a nice person? What does that really mean? Um, and, and I realized today that we are in a movement where more and more women are finding their voices and who want to become more powerful advocates for themselves. So I, I wanted to ask you this because I know you've had a number of career transitions over the years and you've been very successful successful. So what were some of your challenges during these transitions where you, you know, now speak of yourself as a recovering nice girl? So what were some of the things you had to deal with and how did you overcome them? And what are some of the strategies that we can share with the listeners how to become that advocate, not necessarily the uh, people that see you as a pushover or weak, but, but you're leading. And we have more women who are in leadership roles today. So I'm just fascinated by what you're telling and what are you sharing? I want to know. <laughs> okay. So if I understand the question correctly, you want to know what my transitions were and yes. then what are some strategies that other women can use. And right, that you, you know, for me, yeah. for me mm-hmm. an early challenge was finding my voice. When I say I'm a okay. recovering nice girl, you know, mm-hmm. I, as I said, I grew up in a home where I, had, I was a middle child with two brothers in, in mm-hmm. a Jewish home at that. And if you know anything about Jewish homes, you mean the boys are always the prince. They're the prince of the yes. princes of the family, right? Yes, I do know. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so I really needed to find my voice. Now, early in my career, I worked for Arco, the oil company in Los Angeles, and I, I was very successful there because I was a very hard worker, and that was one of the messages that my parents gave me, which was, if you're going to be successful, you have to work hard. So who wouldn't want to work with me? Because, you know, who wouldn't want me working for them? Because I was a hard worker. I didn't make any waves. I, I, I tried not to engage in conflict. Um, I respected authority. I did all the things I learned in childhood. But it was only going to get me so far because the people who were really moving ahead were taking more risks than I was making. I was taking. And whether I was not taking the risks because I was a woman, because of messages in my family, you know, uh, you know, socialization, you know, it really doesn't matter. I wasn't taking the same kinds of risks. So it wasn't until I found my voice. And the way that I found my voice was by starting my own business. Because um, what I realized when I worked at Arco was that I wasn't doing what I loved to do. I was working very hard. And as I said, I was successful. And you know, everybody else looking in at me said, well, she's got a really great job. She makes a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. My mother, in fact, when I went to quit my job, said, oh, it makes, me, it makes my stomach turn thinking of you as unemployed. And I looked at her and I said, both my brothers are self-employed. Why, when I start a business, am I unemployed? So, but there you go again, right? There are some of the messages that you get. And so um, one of the best things I did was starting my own business because I think for all of us, when we do the things we love to do, we gain courage and confidence, don't we? I mean, Eleanor Roosevelt said, when you do the things you think you cannot do, you gain courage and confidence. 
And I think when we do the things we love to do, we get that confidence too. And so starting my own business, I had to find my voice. I had to be able to speak with, to people and, and sell my product, which, you know, since I was a consultant, my product was me, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so um, learning to communicate what I do in a way that sounded confident, but not... Um, Oh, and I want to say not sound braggy because I think women do need to brag more. Uh, confident, but not um, so full of myself that I okay. didn't care what other people had to say, or, or, or I didn't know that other people also have skills and talents that are different than mine and equally as valuable. So that was one of the strategies I used was starting my own business. Okay. And then, well, you know what? I'm going to book, we're yeah. going to bookmark that because we're going to take a quick break. Did you, could you believe the time has gone by so fast? We're going to uh, take a quick break, Dr. Frankel, and we're going to be right back because I've got a lot more questions for the listeners, and I know you have the answers. <laughs> so thank you. We'll be right back. Let's just stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Things Worth Considering, featuring host Gord Riddell and Dr. Jan Hill, is a program that's all about connections. The connections we make with our families, our workplaces, friends, and others around us. It's also about connections to ourself, spirit, feelings, and stories. Let us connect with you each week to explore what we are and what we can be moving forward. We can overcome the obstacles that stand in our way. Things Worth Considering airs live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. If you are looking to deepen your understanding of karma, the law of attraction, metaphysics, mindfulness, and intuition, be sure to tune in each week for You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind with host Catherine Potter. Catherine and her insightful guests will show how everything interconnects, explaining concepts and modalities that connect the mind and body. It's a refreshing look at the universe and the laws that govern it. Listen every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, thank you for tuning in and welcome back to my discussion today with Dr. Lois Frankel, who is an international New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestselling author. She's an executive coach, internationally sought after keynote speaker, and we are having a great time today talking about finding your voice and keeping it, but finding your job and finding the job you want to you want to have and keep it. But more importantly, we're doing two topics today, as I shared earlier. We're talking about women and finding their voices and being nice girls. Well, what is a nice girl? So we are now talking with Dr. Frankel about that. And thank you so much, Dr. Frankel, for sharing that with me. And I want to just kind of recapitulate uh, the message that was given that where you are recovering 
uh, nice girl and how you did it and where you were before, where you were in a company where you worked hard, you didn't make waves, you respected authority, and you were not taking risks, and how you found your voice was starting your own business because this is something I guess you always wanted to do. So <laughs> you're communicating with confidence. And when we stopped with that, I wanted to know, did you have a coach or someone to help you to be able to communicate with confidence? You know, Dr. Barbara, I did not have a coach um, mm-hmm. who helped me with that. But with that said, you have to remember mm-hmm. I was a trainer. Mm-hmm. And so I would train in leadership techniques and communication techniques and management techniques. And so I had to learn all this in order to teach it. Okay. And, you know, when you're teaching it, if you're not walking the talk, you feel like a hypocrite. <laughs> That's right. And so I really learned so much. And I learned so much from other trainers also because I would co-train with people. And a couple of those people are people like um, Tom Henschel, who uh, of Essential mm-hmm. Communications, and Alan Weiner. Um, uh, I think it's his CDA Communications. But I co-trained with those people. And so I would learn from them too. And I would start doing the things that we were all teaching our students to do. Um, And so that's really how I learned. Well, you know, I have this question too, because I think in the learning process and anything that we undertake, what was the most important thing that you think you learned about yourself? Um, You mean through the course of my career? Uh Uh-huh. What I learned is it's kind of like that saying from Winnie the Pooh, you're smarter than you think and stronger than others might believe. <laughs> and I don't know the exact quote, but there's this quote that essentially says that. And I think that's what I learned. I learned that I was smarter than other people gave me credit for, that's for sure. And I was mm-hmm. stronger than I thought I could be. And I was certainly more perseverant than, than either I or anyone else dreamed I'd ever be. Well, I mean, you had to be very smart and very strong because I think making a decision to start your own business is a big step, a big step. Um, and I wonder, <laughs> you know, you're either no. sm- it's either smart or really stupid. <laughs> and, I, and, you know, I, and sometimes I say, you know, I have a lot more guts sometimes than I have common sense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it served you well, obviously. But I want to know so that listeners can, uh, what were the, uh, what you think uh, uh, that were the four most critical elements of your transition that someone can take away today, that they're in that position right now. I'm a nice girl. I, I, I don't make waves. I, 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 you know, respect authority. But I really know that I want to get out of this. I need some help. What are the four things you think were critical and that you can share with somebody for your transition? Well, great, question. great question. I think number one, and nobody's ever asked me that before, so I'm going to think out loud for a minute here. But I think, think number one... <laughs> Yeah, and I say that because when I talk about communication, I say, always let people know when you're thinking out loud so they don't expect it to come out perfectly. Um, So number one, I would say um, a key factor is it's it's that risk-taking, but it's about calculated risk-taking. You know, I knew that I wanted to start my own business, 
And I also knew I didn't want to take out a lot of loans to do it. So it wasn't going to be a franchise, right? I had to do some research. Was it going to be a franchise? It wasn't going to be something that was going to cost me a lot of money. It wasn't going to be I was going to flip houses. Um, it was going to be something that I could, I could do it on, an, uh, on the amount of money I felt comfortable with. And so number one is when you take that calculated risk, do your research. I, I knew how much it was going to cost me to start a consulting business, essentially. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two is don't reinvent the wheel. Right? There's, there's not much new out there. And so rather than say, well, you know, I'm starting a consulting business, so I need to start this from scratch, look around and look how other people do it. Ask other people how they did it. Ask for help. You know, if I did not ask for, you know, I didn't have a mentor per se, but I certainly did talk to other people who were doing what I wanted to do, and I got their input on it. And I said, what do you think the, the biggest challenge is going to be? Um, you know, what were you, some of your challenges? What should I watch out for? So mm-hmm. don't do it alone, right? A third right. thing is... A third thing is, know your value. That's something I did not know probably for the first five years. And so okay. I was undercharging and underbilling myself. And like a lot of nice girls, I was thinking, oh, if I raise my fees, nobody's going to want me. And then, you know, I realized if, if let, let me just say, for example, if I charge $100 an hour, then I have to work five hours to get $500. But if I charge $250 an hour, I only have to work two hours. Now, which is what I really want to do. I only want, two, I only want to work $200 and get the, two hours rather, and get the same amount of money. So you need to know your worth, and part of knowing your worth is doing the research about what's the going rate. And if people don't want to pay it, so be it. There will be people who do. And that was a huge turning point for me because, you know, I always had, because my family wasn't wealthy, I always had the opinion that I had to work really hard and probably would get marginally ahead. But when I changed my thinking about, no, wait a minute, I can get rich. And, you know, and that is the title of one of the books, Nice Girls Don't Get Rich. When I really thought, no, I do want to be rich, and I turned my thinking around, turn my thinking on that, um, I made different choices that enabled me to get rich. And in that book, I define rich as having all the money you need to live your life the way you want, free from concerns about money. So that's number three. And then number four, and this is going to sound counterintuitive, is... Actually, that was four. Give, I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, that was four. <laughs> that was number four. Oh, that was four? Did I already give four? Uh-huh. Because I'm going to well, repeat Can I give one more? Because it's important. Oh, absolutely. I definitely want you to give more. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. You, you know, look Number what five. I did. That was a nice girl. I asked permission. Can I give one more? I, I, should, yes. I need to turn that into so that people can hear me doing it correct, correctly. Dr. Barbara, I'd like to give one more. Absolutely. Because it's important. And, and because I like to model the way. And um, that one more is the more you give away, the more you get. Now, I'm not saying you give away all of your services, all of your money, but in the world, we live in a world of abundance. We all do. And once you get that, and you can say, I don't have to hang on to anything, whether it's money or time or help or friendship or whatever it is. And in the course, over the course of my life and my career, and I'm kind of coming to the end of my career, this part of my career anyway, um, over the course of my career, I've learned that the more I give away, the more I get. And I don't always get it from the same source. And I don't give away because I want to get something. I do it because it's the right thing to do. 
I love it. I love it. And you see, I was writing as you were talking because, number one, you made a calculated uh, – this is one of her steps. She made a calculated risk-taking opportunity, and she determined the cost. Don't, number two, don't reinvent the wheel. Take a look what's happening out there. Ask for help. Talk to other people to find out what they're doing and how you can do it. Number four, it was know your value and your worth. Um, you found you were undercharging. So you need to know the going rate. So th- again, it is about a new mindset. Uh, that's what I picked up from you. Making different choices as it relates to who you are and knowing your value and your worth. And charge. Be, be, uh, be free to be able to charge the going rate and find out what it is. Number five, giving away, which could be time or money, friendships. But be a giver, because what you give, you will return, be returned with a great reward. So that is my, I came back with what you gave in all your points. Thank you, Dr. That was very good. That was very good. You listened very well. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, ma'am. And I want the listeners to know that, 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 that these steps can apply to any kind of transition. Now, Dr. Frankel, you've had a lot of experiences, too, and I'm going to go back to where you were working with big corporate giants and uh, both domestic and international, and you've acquired, obviously, a great depth and breadth of knowledge about what it really takes for women today. We're changing, sort of shifting gears here to talk about what does it take to get and keep the job you want? Tell me, how can women and men, I don't want to leave you out, guys, get and keep the job they want? And share with the listeners a few of your tidbits. Yeah, you know, and when we were on the break, you and I were talking privately about the fact that there are different attitudes, aren't there? That, you know, with, you know, my nice girl thing was always about being cooperative and working hard and respecting authority. And we know we have a new generation of workers out there that that isn't their particular challenge. For some of them it is. And also we need to think about culturally, too. That's something that I want to bring up is that, you know, although if you come from a more wealthy Caucasian family, perhaps, you have more of a sense of entitlement. Um, let's just say you grew up in South America in a, in a, a, a less, um, oh, fortunate less circumstance, let's put it in. Yeah, yeah. Um, environment um, mm-hmm. where there was less abundance, then you're going to have different challenges. So, so I don't mm-hmm. want to paint everybody with the same brush. I, I want to be very respectful of the fact that we have challenges based on where we came from, when we came from there, as you said, and so forth. But I think that there are certain truths that hold, uh, that, that, that hold constant across generations. And number one, if you want to get and keep the job you want, you have to know what's the job you want. Now, this must sound obvious, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Because I can't tell you how many people fall into jobs because... Oh, they couldn't get another job. Somebody said they'd be good at it. Um, you know, in my case, my mother wanted me to be a teacher because she said that way you'll always be home with your kids, right, during the summers. Well, I fooled her. I didn't have any kids. Um, so, so that's why I went on to become a psychologist. Um, and so um, you need to know that what is it you want to do because we are good 
at what we want to do and what we like. And the thing that I suggest to people is that they either take a Myers-Briggs type indicator or go online and take the free Kiersey Temperament Sorter. That's K-E-I-R-S-E-Y dot com, Temperament Sorter, and it's free. And it gives you a little report, and if you want a more robust report, I guess you pay something. I don't remember how much it was, but which you'll get for free um, will be good. And it helps you see the filters through which you see the world, right? Yes. And so if you can get that, you can decide what you want to do. There's a great book. It's called Do What You Are. Do What You Are by Tiger, T-I-E-G-E-R, and Tiger. And in that book, they talk about what are your filters and what do people who have those similar filters, uh, what do they do um, that makes them happy? So that's number one. Know what's the job that you want. Number two is are you ready to ask for it? Okay. People aren't going to, you know, you may be working in a company. um, Or let me give you a better example. Um, my housekeeper, we were talking over the holidays and she was saying that not, that she hasn't asked, and she's a relatively new housekeeper for me, that she hasn't asked for a raise from her clients and some of them she's worked for for 20 years. And I looked at her and I said, yeah, there's a problem here. I said, you have to ask for a raise. And I kind of coached her. And I said, if you don't ask, you don't get. And the long and short of the story is she came back this week and she said, I did what you said, and everyone is giving me a raise. Everyone Mm -hmm. I asked for. She said, and my fear was they were going to fire me. Now, that's on that level, but I think women who are working in corporations or or all teachers, or I don't care what kind of job it is, have that same fear that I don't deserve and I shouldn't ask. So that falls back back into your nice girl category. It does. It absolutely does. So you, you have to know what you want. You have to be willing to ask for it. And then you have to know how to ask for it. And the ways that you ask for the things you want are always using facts, data, right? Things that are objective. So that um, let's just say that you, I'm trying to think of just kind of a simple example here just for the sake of time. Let's just say that you work in an office where um, everyone with your title has an office with a door on it as opposed to a cubicle. I know everybody aspires for a door, right? Um, yes. And they have a door on it, and you don't have one, and you want one. Well, then you need to be prepared to make your business case to go and say, listen, you know, I am in this role. Everyone else in this role has this, and here are the three reasons why I believe I should get the next uh, office with a door that becomes available, A, B, C. And do you see any reason why I shouldn't? I shouldn't get that. And so, you know, that's something that you need to be able to do is to be able to ask for it. Now, you also need to learn to set boundaries with people if you're going to get the things you want. Because one of the nice girls' mistakes that women make is nice girls make miracles. And they believe that, gee, I'll be noticed if I work hard and do everything that I'm asked to do. But that's not who gets noticed in corporations. The people who get noticed in corporations are the people who are illuminating and sh- shining a light on some of the things that they're doing, who are willing to toot their own horn a little bit. And those are the people who are getting noticed. So you need to be able to call attention to what you're doing in a way 
that makes people say, yeah, you know what, I, actually, I didn't realize that. You need to be able to set boundaries with people so that you're not always doing miracles, making miracles, because if you're always making miracles, then you can't be strategic about what are the relationships I should be building, what are the meetings I should be going to, what are the projects I should be working on and suggesting, so that we also need to be strategic in how we do these things. So, you know, those are just mm-hmm. some of the things I think that women and men, because a lot of times men don't do this either, um, understand about how do you get and keep the job you want. It, it's all Can about I- you, and you used the word earlier, choices. That's yes. actually my personalized license plate, is choices, because right. I believe that at every step of the way, we have a choice. And yes, to we do. not make a choice or to not take action, that is a choice. Dr. Frankel, do you mind if I add a point to, to this? Um, because it just came to mind. This is out of my own personal experience. I'm going to share this um, in terms of nice girls and what you can do. Um, get that job that you want and do and what you want to do. The other is if there are other educational requirements or educational things that you need to do to become better and not bitter, take a look at that particular that potential. Because sometimes the barrier might not be that you don't know enough. It may not be that you don't have the degree. Education. I love that. I love that what you just said to be better, not bitter. And I, you know, I talk about that in Nice Girls Don't Get the Corner Office. That if you don't have the education, the experience, the credentials, whatever it takes to have that confidence, go get it. It doesn't right. have to be a PhD. It could be a weekend no. course in something. That's exactly right. I meant that. When I say education, it could be a two-week course. I once, and I'll just use this as a personal before we go on break, took a 40-hour speed writing course because I wanted to move from clerk typist to become a secretary. And I did it. And I became a secretary using speed writing. Okay, we're going to take a quick break right now. And we're going to be right back, listeners, because I've got a lot more questions to ask Dr. Frankel and a lot more answers she's going to give you. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. We hear just be you a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. 
This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back to my discussion today, and we're having a great time, Dr. Lois Frankel and Dr. Barbara Young. I am having a ball, Dr. Lois. How about you? (laughs) I really am. Thank you so much for making my day. I mean, this is making my day. Nice girls don't get the corner office. Nice girls, nice girls don't get rich. Nice girls don't speak up or stand out. Nice girls just don't get it. Well, we're giving them some timeless wisdom from the great Dr. Lois Frankel. So, before we went on break, we talked about setting boundaries, making miracles, and uh, noticed one of the things we talked about and called attention that what you're doing is strategic. And I also added, if you have a chance and you want to take that educational course or take something that will help you in becoming noticed and get that job you want and keep it. All right. But one of the things uh, we talked about while we were on break is to bring up the common communication challenges that nice girls uh, miss. So, or the, the challenges that the nice girls have. So, Dr. Law, share a little bit of some of the common communication challenges that nice girls face. Yes, and I talk about these in the new audio book, Nice Girls uh, Don't Speak Up or Speak Out. And I, I, mm-hmm. I emphasize the audio because I intentionally wanted it to be only audio so people could hear me giving the same mm-hmm. advice that I'm going to give right now. And the first okay. challenge is this. It's how to have a difficult conversation. Too often, nice girls avoid those difficult conversations because they either don't know how to engage in them or they don't want to get called that dreaded B word, right? And so there's a very mm-hmm. simple model, and it's called a Descript, D-E-S-C, where you describe why you want to talk to the person, you explain what, what your position is, you elicit their position, you specify what you want, and you get to consequences. And listen to how this sounds. I'm going to do it with you right now. I'm going to say, and this is not true. I want listeners to know this isn't true. I'm just doing this for the sake of uh, example. But if I said, you know, Dr. Barbara... Every time we're in a meeting together, I feel as if uh, I'm not being listened to. And I say that because I notice you'll pick up your phone or your tablet and you start kind of playing around with it. And I feel as if what I'm saying isn't that important to you. I'm wondering if you've noticed that. Now, what would you say back to me? Anything you want. I am so happy you brought that to my attention because obviously I was quite unaware of that. And thank you for bringing that to my attention. I will make sure that does not happen again. Well, thank you so much for taking it in the spirit in which I intended mm-hmm. it. You know, right. I really believe if you could even add to some of the things that I say, um, that it would, it would enhance the message that I'm giving and really help our team. And together, we could be a really powerful force on this team. So thank you. That's as simple as it gets to have a difficult conversation. Now, Dr. Barbara, I want to go back and I want you, instead of saying thank you for telling me, I want you to say, I don't think that's true. I think it's your imagination. So I'm going to cue you and I'm going to say, okay. you know, how do you see the situation, Dr. Barbara? Well, I don't think that's the correct way that I see it. And I think you're absolutely wrong about that. Okay. It sounds like we have different viewpoints on this. 
and I respect your viewpoint, and I certainly hope you'll respect mine, because all I'd really like to ask you to do is comment when I say something so that we can have the, remote, the most robust ideas on the table and become a really powerful force on this team. Now, you could hear, I did not argue with you. I didn't get into a spitting match with you. I simply acknowledged what you said. Now, that difficult conversation probably took less than 30 seconds. Less than 30 seconds, right. Right? right. Women right. can do this. So that's, so that's the number one thing. I think women need to learn how to have these difficult conversations. That's a challenge. Another challenge is how do you handle appropriating? That's when a man takes your idea and appropriates it as, as his own. We see this happen all it the time. It happens all the time. Oh, yeah. Yes. And, and I'm not saying men do it intentionally. I, I, I'm not saying men do anything intentionally. I, I think it's just how we each, how the genders, the sexes are raised and our sense of entitlement and so forth. But when it comes to appropriating, there's two things that can happen. Number one, why don't you sit down with the other women in your company and say, we're going to do something that Barack Obama's female uh, cabinet called amplification. Mm-hmm. Because they had the same problem in meetings with Barack Obama and the other guys taking their ideas. And so what they said was, whenever a woman says something, let's have another woman comment on it. Because nobody can steal the idea that way. It's called amplification. And you can have right. that deal with yeah. other people in, in meetings with you. If... If, if that's not possible and someone steals your idea, you're going to do this next time. You're going to practice this so that you can say it so easily. You're going to say it when someone finishes taking your idea. You're going to look at them and you're going to say, thank you so much for circling back to my idea. It made me realize I'd like to add a few things. Now, I love that. If you could do that, that's how you tell someone to go to hell so they look forward to the trip, don't you? <laughs> I, I agree. And uh, let me give you a third one. And a third mm-hmm. one would be, how do I handle manterruptions? Right? And, and, you know, even on the Supreme Court, women get interrupted far more than men. Uh, all the research shows that the, the, the male Supreme Court justices are interrupting the female ones much more often than vice versa. And so when a man interrupts you, you need to be prepared to say, oh, excuse me, I wasn't quite finished. Let me finish this idea, and I'll throw it back to you. Now, it's as simple as that, but women aren't willing to do that, to say, excuse me, I wasn't quite finished. Let it's, me finish my idea. I don't think they idea. don't do it because, Lois, they don't do it. It's because they don't know it. Some of these people that are, some of yeah. my listeners today, male and female, may be hearing this for the first time. Uh, this is not something that is practiced, that we talk about, common communication challenges and how to overcome them. So it, it has to yeah, be absolutely, either in a coach. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and that's, mm-hmm. that's essentially why I recorded this book, because I feel like, you know, it's, it's like you're saying, if you knew better, you'd do better. How, do, how can you do what you don't know how to do? And so that's why I want people to hear it. But I think it can also apply not only just with, uh, with males, but it can apply with other females because we're finding there are there are more aggressive kinds or more assertive I don't want to use the word aggressive more assertive roles that women particularly some of the younger women are taking among each other so this would be common communication challenges for women as well because there are women who steal ideas as well 
<laughs> Two. Oh, absolutely. And there's yeah. women who okay. talk down to each other. It, you know, we right. call it mansplaining, right? When a man mm-hmm. explains something to you that you already know. But women do it too. You know, do I have time for a, a quick uh, example and how to handle it? Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. You know, I brought my car in the other day to be repaired. It was on Christmas Eve because the audible part of the uh, blind spot warning system was no longer working. And so I figured maybe I just had something simple wrong. So I brought it in. It was Christmas Eve. And they said, you know, we can't really find the problem. We're going to have to give you a loaner and you'll have to come back for it. I said, okay, fine. Fast forward. It's New Year's Eve. I still don't have my car. The guy calls me from the repair shop and says, you know, I hate to tell you this, but you never had the audible blind spot warning. And he starts explaining the car to me, right? It's my car. Now, listen to how I handled this, because what he was doing, he was mansplaining to me, and he was making assumptions about what I do know and I don't know. And so I used a technique that's called contrasting, and I also used a technique of being very direct with him, okay, without being disrespectful. So what I said to him was, excuse me a second, I need to interrupt, because I don't want you to think that I don't respect you, because I certainly do. You know your business. At the same time, I do need you to understand that I know my car. And there was an audible sound when the, coming from the blind spot system, blind spot warning system, and it isn't there now. And all I want is to get that back. Now, Great. the guy couldn't say anything, right? Absolutely. Because I... I I was respectful with him. I told him it, it was there before. It's not there now. And I focused on what do I want to have happen. I did not get into a spitting match again. All I right. did was say what I wanted. And that's what women need to do. And those are just a few techniques that you can use when people, anybody, starts explaining things to you that aren't true. And it's wonderful. And I appreciate your sharing that. <laughs> really do. I'm sure many people could benefit from that. And which has me in this last few moments be able to uh, have you promote your book in terms of where people can get this audio book, because I'm sure there'll be plenty of people who would like to hear where they can get it and hear you. Yeah, I'm so grateful to you for that. Um, yes, the book is available wherever people buy audiobooks. So it's mm-hmm. on Audible and Libro, uh, Libro FM, and uh, Barnes and Noble. It's it's a, and the pl- cheapest place I actually saw it was on Google Play. It seemed to be about ten dollars cheaper than everywhere else. So you Google can get it Play. There. You right. can also go to my website, which is drloisfrankel.com. If you click on the um, tab that says New Book. Uh, there's places there where you can just click on and order it. And while you're in my website, I have a lot of free things. I have um, free uh, self-assessments for, you know, are you a nice girl? Are you not um, dealing with money well enough? Things like that. So people can take the free assessments that are there. And if, if they do go to the website and just let me know that they did and that they ordered the book, um, and tell me that they heard me on your show, I will send them a free companion workbook. Um, and that's just something that goes along with the audiobook so that, because audiobooks are a little hard. You don't have anything to look at. So I created mm-hmm. a companion workbook, and I'll just send that out free to your listeners. Oh, that's just, great. Even if they just say, Dr. Barbara sent me, I'll send it out. 
That's Dr. Lois, L-O-I-S, Frankel, F-R-A-N-K-E-L dot com. That is your website. And I invite you to go because I think she has a lot of good information. Boy, I wish I'd had some of this uh, when I was coming along. You know, one final question. If you had to put up a banner anywhere, anywhere, Dr. Frankel, what would you put on it and what would you say? I had to put up a banner anywhere. What would I put on it and what would I say? I would definitely make it that um, Winnie the Pooh saying, which unfortunately is not coming to me completely now, but it's, you're, you know, you're smarter than you think, you're braver than you feel, and you're more perseverant than anyone could ever possibly know. I would put something like that on it because I believe that if I learned that, we all can learn it. I'm no different than everyone else. You know, I didn't come from much. What I got, I earned. And sometimes I earned the hard way through learning through the School of Hard Knocks. Um, but if I did it, everyone can do it. And that's what I want for every listener out there. Thank you so much. As we close the show today, I want to thank you, Dr. Loris, for such an insightful interview. And I want to wish you well on your continued journey to unite the women who can make their voices heard better, their points known, and their presence felt more in 2020. So thank you, Dr. Lois. And I know I'm going to be talking with you very soon. And uh, we're going to become great friends because I love what you have to offer and say. And thank you again for being on the Transformation for Success radio talk show with Dr. B. Thank you, Dr. Barbara. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure, too. So listeners, as I close the show today, I want to remind you that we have a television network, Transformation Success TV, and we're going to be on once a month. We will have shows for you uploaded, and also on Instagram, we'll be on my Instagram, and we'll be doing a lot of Instagram live videos. Also, my next week's guest is a woman by the name of Lark Galley, who will share her struggles and her recovery strategies after the death of her son, who committed suicide. This is a very fragile show, and many people I know have undergone such experiences in 2019. And I want you to hear Lark's story and how she, too, recovered after such a tragedy. What could we have done is her question, and that's the question I pose to my listeners for next week. And thank you very much, and I want to wish you all a very blessed week. And don't forget, every week, Transformational Journeys will be shared with you by many of my incredulous guests that are coming on in 2020. God bless all of you, and have a very blessed week. This is Dr. Barbara Young, signing off. Until next week. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an outstanding week.